0: And welcome, folks, back at it with a brand new episode of the JKD Sports Podcast. This is week three slash four of the Celtics weekly week out. And, folks, if you're listening to me right now, tuning in, the Celtics had a decline a massive decline. Um, any Celtics fan would know this, we had just been disappointing. Under 500 for the first time out of the playoffs. We were in ninth place at one point in the standings, and then in the final four games before the All Star break, we picked it back up. Got a, got back on the winning column. Four game winning streak, up by two games, and we're back in the fourth place um, in the East, and we're 19 and 17. And realistically, that is a that is a huge disappointment. We we should have. And we could have, and we honestly really should have won more games than 19. Now, coming into the second half of the season, I am expecting us to win 27 games. 27 games is the way that the East is really going on right now with the Knicks in fifth place. You know, everybody outside of the Bucks, Nets, and 76ers, they can all make it into the playoffs. Um, You got the Knicks. The Heat are picking it back up. They're above 500 again, or they're at 500. The Hornets are picking it up. The Raptors are starting to pick up um, pieces again, but they have a COVID issue, so they've been losing um, in the past two games. You know, the Pacers are still a, a Pacer team. The Wizards have picked it up. Bradley Beal and Westbrook has got them going with Mo Wagner, and the Bulls are surprisingly at ninth, so it's anybody's game after 76 ers in the nets and the bucks including the Celtics who are right now they're on a roll now let's hopefully uh, this All-Star break gives them a break for everybody get some practice in watch them film mark smart comes back and hopefully the ch- the team changes their mentality of going back to the standard that we were once at looking at the schedule we we should honestly we should honestly honestly be like at the 25 winning column 25 games and i i know you know people will be like no the Celtics they're awful they're a waste of talent jd jt and jb are not superstars yet they only know how to score blah 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 now let me let me talk to the non Celtics fans here for a minute Brad Stevens lacks one good thing about a coach should have and that is the motivational skills he reminds me of Jason Garrett in a way I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan okay let me compare how the Dallas Cowboys last year were to this year's Boston Celtics team on paper both great teams on paper you got the talent maybe the Celtics no, the Celtics do like a little bit of depth on, depth on the bench, yes. But on paper, this team is a contender on both sides. Now, it's it's all about the leadership. Jason Garrett, you know, was known for his, his clapping. You know, he was Mr. Clappy. He wasn't technically sound as Brad Stevens is the difference. Brad Stevens, in my opinion, is a great technical coach. He knows everything about basketball in the sideline plays, out of bounds plays, plays on the game. He knows everything about basketball. He knows how to make adjustments unlike Jason Garrett does. And that's why we fired him. But both, they both lack the motivational skills is what I'm seeing. But recently, I think Brad has done a great, great job of getting his team back together and focusing on win now, you know, focus on what you can control don't don't get boggled down on all the hate that you're receiving or, you know, the media or the news. Just if you you can't you can't control the L's. I mean, you couldn't in some instances and you should be winning. But he's developed this, you know. Uh, he, he he feels like you're a different type of leader that I, I'm a, not a personal fan of. You know, I like that guy that will get get on you. Yell at you, you know, get you fired up, everything. I'm I'm that guy. I'm 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 the hype man. But Brad Stevens, he's a quiet, you know, Zen master. I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a Zen master yet, but I feel like this past four games he's shown resiliency, and I'm 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 happy about that because I really do like Brad, and I don't want him on the hot seat. Now speaking of coaching, um. I think we do need some more veteran experience on the coaching staff. Now, I know Kevin Garnett, ex-Celtics, my favorite player of all time. Somebody like him coming back, or him himself coming back on the coaching staff for the Celtics would be tremendous just on the energy standpoint for this team. I'm looking at Jason Tatum's uh, pre um post-game interviews with Chris Ford, Fordsburg. And there's just an energy there that that is lackluster. I mean, it could just be his personality. I don't know him in real life. But – or or it could be he's that he's just hired and now he's got to go to the All-Star game, play, play in Atlanta, do the three-point contest and, you know, had COVID or whatever. But I just feel like there's no energy and we're losing that right now in Marcus Smart, yes, but he's still in the locker room. He can still talk to people. It's not like he's exiled from the team just because he's injured. No. Um. Just That's just a little nitbit that I think we should consider as a Celtics organization. Now, speaking of Jason Tatum, let's go into and dive down into his shooting performances during this last 10 games mainly coming back into things after he got COVID like a month ago. Now, let's start off with a win against the Denver Nuggets, which was a very good win. Uh, We couldn't stop Nikola Jokic for, you know, (laughs) the whole game. But we still took the dub, and that's all that matters in a way. Now, JT shot 6 of 18 from the field. 33.3%. He shot 1.8 outside um, for a 12.5%. He had 21 points. Against the Hawks, he shot 11 of 21 and shot 52.4% from the field. And three out of nine for a 33.3% from three, but had 35 points. 35 points in an L, however. Lost to the Hawks. Yes, that's right. You heard it here, folks. Second game, we got Kemba back. Changed the whole rhythm of the game. JT had twenty-five, but shot forty-seven point six percent from the field and thirty-seven point five from three. See, that's a that's an okay okay shooting performance. Like that's a decent shooting performance from JT. Now, against the Pelicans, when we blew a twenty-four point lead, twenty-four points, folks. He shot his highest percentage in his 10 or second highest in this 10 game stretch of a 42.9% from three. He had 32 points in an L. He shot 41.7% from the field. Against the Mavericks. This game, I thought, okay. The Pelicans, we just blew a 24-point lead. It's a historic loss. We're gonna come back, come come into Dallas, shut down Luca, win this game. it's over for the rest of the league. Golly, I was wrong. Because that game became a shootout where Luka took over and hit two daggers against us that sealed the game and gave us 0.1 second to tie it back up, which was obviously impossible. Nobody's going to do that. (laughs) That game was specifically an L due to our lack of defense. And folks, defense wins... Not games. It wins championships, people. Because offense can only do so much. And obviously in this game, JT had 28 28 points, shot 43.5%, and 30% from from three. Against the Hawks, we won. But JT had 13 points, shot 20%. He was 4 of 20 from the field, and shot again. 12.5% 12.5% from three on our four game. Oh, I'm sorry. That was an L. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. That was an L. Yeah, he had 13 points in that loss against the Hawks. It was the worst game I've ever witnessed from this cell. It was the worst game I've ever seen him play. I, I had trouble finishing that game. That's how bad it was. If you know, you know. But um, we started picking back up. And there was this uh, interview with Jason Tatum after the Dota Hawks game that you know somebody was throwing um, something in the locker room. Somebody was yelling um, that week. Brad Stevens had had his identity stolen and had a root canal, and he quote he quoted that those two days that he had root canal and identity theft going on those were his better days in the last week. That's a, that that right there solidified my okay brad 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 got this on lock i believe in you right now brad i i feel the energy that you're giving the vibe of the locker room i can i can feel the tension that we needed because of how poorly we were playing we were in ninth place at the time under 500 and it was it was time to okay let's get let's get some wins let's get some wins on our bet, on under our belf, belt belt <laughs> i'm talking too passionately right now And let's go on the win column. Get back to what we were, a team who knew how to shoot free throws. Because right now we can't. A team that won games because of our defense and ball movement. We started off back in the win column against Indiana. But Jason Tatum only had nine points that game. He shot 25% from three. He only shot one of four, which is... A, a good shoot. Uh, it's fine for him because he shoots a little too much at times, but he did shoot four of 18 from the field and he shot 22.2% against the wizards. It was his highest field goal percentage of a 12 and 22 and he shot 30% from three, but he had 31 points in a win that should, it shouldn't have been that close. It was a one 111 to one ten, and the refs, I, if I ever find out who they are, I will have tons of words for them. But they kept the Wizards in the game. There was two drives, two key drives that Bradley Beal had that he he got an and one for. But one of them, literally, he, he could have just went through and just yelled and he got the foul. Literally nobody was around him. And then the second time, Javante Green slaps the ball and the refs call it. And Bradley Beal starts laughing, which irked me, but we took the dub anyways, JT was clutching that game. He had two layups on of his own with more contact than Bradley Beal's and he didn't get a call. And then the defensive um, final defensive possession that we had, him and Sammy trapped Bradley Beal who almost hit the game winner. That would have been insane. I would have died. But uh, yeah, it was a good game overall from JT. Now, the Clippers game. Only nine players played that game, including a 14-point points from JT, who shot 20% from three and 31.3% from the the field goals. But nonetheless, we still won because of Kemba, who we will talk about soon enough. Now, the final game of the first half of the season, JT finally got back into rhythm right before the All-Star break. He shot 60% from the field goal and 50% from three, which is a Jason Tatum type of game that I expect out of our star. I'm not going to call him a superstar right now because we'll talk about that later, but he had 27 points. It was a good game. Uh, Little bits of ups and downs here uh, defensively, but um, overall JT shot 40.7% from field goal range and 29.4 from three. 29.4. I guarantee you. I'm in the NBA. I'm shooting at least 35% from three. That is my expectation out of Jason Tatum. 35 to 40%. I can't... You can't have your star player shoot 29.4% from three who takes the most shots on the team. It's just not how you win games. Now, the reason... I think that Jason has been, before the four game win streak, uh, the ball movement, ball movement was key. The ball stayed in Jason's hands, it stayed in Kemba's hands, or it stayed in JB's hands for a long duration of the shot clock, each possession that we were in. But as soon as we start winning, one noticeable and the major factor that has provided us this four game win streak is the ball movement, the playmaking that jt and kemba have been doing recently jb has been kind of slowing down as of as of late but you know he'll pick it back up he has a little knee soreness so that could be hindering his potential to dunk on somebody because i've noticed that he had two he could have had two posters last night but he just he didn't lift off off the floor as uh, much as i intended him to do which would have been nicest to watch Okay, so now that we got Jason Tatum's shooting performance, the reason why I think he's shooting too much was because of how we were playing. I think that I now this is just a personal opinion. It could I could be totally off off the record here, off off the flow, but I think that he thought the bench wasn't giving enough to help out you know, the stars of the team or the starting five, at least. And in reality, that's a fact. And so I thought that Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kemba at times would just take it upon themselves to, oh, I got to will this team together. I'm just going to do it all by by myself. I'm I'm the guy. This is all me. Everybody else just sit down. I got it. Don't worry. But the reality being is that that ended up losing us games and that the cause of that, the effect of that became the bench started producing more not based on points, but ball movement, defensive rotations, you know, communication Tristan Thompson over the last two games has been in double double range, which is really good to see from Tristan Thompson's as he's on the chopping block in my personal opinion and of my father. Now he likes um, Daniel Tice a lot. But he can also be in the chopping block as he has a, this is a contract year for him. And um, we really don't know if he's going to stay or not. But outside of that, let's talk about how this four game winning streak poses a lot of upside. Comes this four game uh, winning streak. Let's talk about the bench. Now, Against Denver, we had 30 points off the bench. Peyton Pritchard had a plus 19. And Robert Williams, who has finally earned the minutes that he should be playing, he played 20 against Denver. He had plus 12, five steals, eight boards. Now, Robert Williams isn't the guy that's going to lead us to games by his scoring of any, any point of time. But... His defensive ability to block shots and be a rim protector, who his vertical spacing, um, and by vertical spacing, I mean the threat that he provides in the air through lobs, uh, putbacks, um, dunks, and rim protection, and paint protection in general, had provided us Celtics this much-needed energy in the paint presence Payne Pritchard and him have shown a great connection through several uh, nice alley-oops. I've noticed like one per game here and there. And I really do believe that Robert Williams... Now, people are saying that he should start and he should play more. But you got to realize he's still lacking the defensive IQ. He jumps a little too much or he overcommits. Or he's just trying to get the block and make the highlight play. But in reality, he just needs to do his job. And that that may be stay in the paint. Don't jump. You know, you don't have to go for every sh- um, block shot. You can just go for the board, just contest. And as of late, he's earned more minutes by doing so. You know, I've noticed that he, last night he had a Glenn Davis. Glenn, Glenn Davis. Kyle Lowry... Kyle Lowry uh, connected to Glenn Davis on the corner three, who then, who then pump faked to an overcommitting Robert Williams. His hand was way up. He went over to the right. Glenn, da- uh, Glenn Davis went over to his right and blew past Robert Williams for the easy layup. Now, the ne- next quarter or so over, the same thing happens, except Robert Williams stays on his feet and doesn't overcommit. What le- What happened turned into a transition fast break for us, leading to two points. Key being is Robert Williams should stay on the bench because not only is Tristan Thompson playing, he is playing well, okay? His defensive awareness, his defensive IQ, his defensive motor is the type of veteran leadership that we need right now for our team. And then you got Daniel Daniel Tice, who is our best three-point shooter. He, he stretches out the floor for our starters, our main guys. And he's the biggest defensive motor, energy motor, outside of Marcus Smart, who is injured right now. And he needs to keep starting these games. I feel that a connection between Payne Pritchard and Robert Williams off the bench is just a great combo that can become like a Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams kind of type of connection. Now, the let's talk about the Ls out of the bench production. Against Atlanta, the bench had 25 points. And everybody except for Payne Pritchard was in a negative plus or minus zone. Against the Pelicans, we had 25 points. Neesmith played 26 minutes. He had 10 points, but was minus 8. Payton Pritchard was had 4 points. He had minus 6. And Robert Williams was minus 2, played 21 minutes. But he was defensively, that was his best game that we've seen thus far before the past the four-game win streak. Against the Mavs, the bench only had 19 points. Everybody was in negatives. Payton Pitcher was minus 11. Aaron Eastman played 22 minutes but didn't have any shots. He was plus five at least. Now, he was on the floor because of his defense, and he had a chase-down block against Jalen Brunson. He had some nice, he dove on the floor. It was it was nice to see Aaron Smith play those type of uh, games without having to shoot. You know, he was just there to help on D. Now, continuing off of the bench production, uh, on the loss against the Hawks, the bench actually had 55 points, which was phenomenal, except, however, the starters played horrendously, and JT had 13 points that game, shooting 20% from the field goal and 12.5% from three. Everybody except for Daniel Tice, yes, sir. Carson, Taco, Tremont, and Javante were in the plus zone, which was awful game. Awful, awful. I don't even want to talk about it. Don't want to remember it. Let's move on. Now, finally, we go back on the win column. Four games in a row. We play against Atlanta, uh, Indiana, and Bench had 39 points. Robert Williams had 14 points and 11 rebounds. He had plus four for 22 minutes. Neesmith had plus seven for seven minutes. Teague had 19 minutes and had 14 points. I think it was a pretty decent game. And let's talk. We're going to talk about him a little bit here. Payne Pritchard had 30 minutes. He had plus 13. He had nine points against the Washington Wizards. Bench had 26 points. Robert Williams played 17 minutes with a minus seven, but you know he doesn't do much of the scoring. Payne Pritchard had minus nine in 20 minutes. Javante played 33 minutes. For Javante, now I feel that Javante is a jail, Gerald Green type of player, or he can be for the Celtics. He has that vertical spacing that we've talked about earlier with um, Robert Williams. He can provide the athletic athleticism that that spark of juice um, off the bench. But uh, JB didn't play in this game, and so that's why he got the starts. He got the thirty-three minutes. But um, if If Javante Green can develop a consistent three-point shot, almost to the likes of um, Daniel Tice, but a little bit lower, um, I feel that Javante could be a key player to our bench. With the addition of Romeo Langford coming back from his wrist surgery, I think if Javante does start to shoot more and starts to make them, he can be a, a dark horse threat off the bench for the Celtics. Against the Clippers, only nine guys... Played, so only four guys played off the bench. And they all scored for a combined of 38 points. Payne Pritchard had 23 minutes, had 14 points. Semi had 27 and was plus 11. Robert Williams had 21 minutes, plus 3. He had 3 blocks, 8 boards, and 13 points. Jeff Teague had a phenomenal game. 13 points, 21 minutes, 4 assists, plus 3. Now against the Raptors... We had 51 points off the bench. It was a crucial game. Grant Williams had 17. It was his best game of the year. Teague had 14 points, and he made three floaters, which was phenomenal. He's never done that before. payne Pritchard had zero, but he had 10 points in 24 minutes. And Robert Williams played good as well with 10 points, but only minus six. Now, the trend here is that if the bench does good, we play good you know takes the ease off of the starters and you, yeah, yes you can say that about any team but specifically for this Celtics team if we got this we got this two stars that we can rely on any point any time yes but we need that playmaker and Kemba has provided that playmaker role or hit his shots when he needs to and during this four game stretch he actually Provided that, as he had 32 points his season high against Indiana, he shot 52.6% from the field, 40% from three. Against the Wizards, he had 21 points, 43% from three, 42% from field goals. Against the Clippers, he had 25. He shot 50. 50% from three. 42% from the field goal. In the Raptors, he had 15, but on the court, he provided the energy that we needed, the clutch shots. He shot 36.4% from the field goal and 33.3% from three. For an average of 22.3 points per game, up six from the previous, before the four-game win streak, 41.6% from three, and 43.1% from field goal. Now, as as of recently, actually, Kemba hasn't been a defensive liability. Yes, he's had a. You know he's gone bodied. Uh, he's too small little moments, but he he's rotations. He's got his speed a little bit better. He, his cuts, his um, communication with the big man, the pick and roll game on the defensive side has has gone better. Now, with this being said, defensive motor of this team during this four game win streak coming in before the All Star break, it became it became meshed. The word I feel like we got the rotational rotations going down our transitions um from offense to defense uh was more fluid uh the mismatches were less like taken because we switched more often the gaps weren't there um, defensively our motor has kind of it's gone it's coming back it's coming back now, with the all star break now and Marcus Smart coming back from injury, and hopefully Romeo Langford coming back from the bench, I think we can get this thing going, go back up into playoff heavy NBA finals contention. And it's kind of fun to watch now. The Celtics have begun to realize this isn't the standard that we're, we're used to. This is, no, we are not below the Knicks. <laughs> we are not below the Knicks, all right? And we're 19 and 17 going into the second half. And we played the Nets, the Nets, our first game back, which will be tough, yes. But right now, I'm just glad that we're over 500, um, above two games. We're in fourth place in the East. You know, I'm excited for All Star Break. Uh, JT and JB are both All Stars this year. Congrats to my favorite player, JB, for his first All Star appearance, and JT's second straight. Uh, JT will be a starter this year for in replacement for Kevin Durant and both are in a three point contest baby now jt shot 50 percent from 3 in his last game before the all star break i'm telling you he's a sleeper don't count him don't count don't count don't count him out but i got jb winning it all so let's see what happens Alright, folks, and if you've made it this far into the show, thank you so much for listening. Um, If you're a Celtics fan, follow me on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this on. Follow me on my TikTok at JKD Sports, all lowercase, and follow me on my Twitter at JKD Sports, all uppercase. Um, If you have any questions, I'm going to post more TikToks trying to promote my show. Uh, and, And if you're a Cowboys fan you know, stay tuned. I'm going to be, become creating some Cowboys content soon enough right now. It's just the off season, you know, not much going on with the Cowboys. Just hopefully we sign Dak. And with that being said, stay hungry, stay humble, stay ready. It's been yours truly, JKD sports, and we're out.